healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just said, shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last minute. That right there is a lot of Hello again, all you music fans, music nerds, music aficionados, music enthusiasts. Welcome back to Chunky Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual. We are not in the basement. That's why the intro is a little different. Um, still trying to find a home, as it were. Sort of fits in with the, the podcast episode. Um, speaking to you from my kitchen table right here. And I uh, got a real special episode for you. This week, one that uh, we did not know was going to see the light of day. Huey Lewis and the New Sports is 35. Now, now that we were going to talk about that, we knew that. Um, but how these things used to work in the basement uh, was that it was it, it was kind of a hang. So Thursday afternoons would happen. That's when our Thursday evenings. That would, that's when that usually happened. And whatever the crew was going to be would come over to the house. And maybe they'd bring a few beers. Maybe bring a few other things. And uh, maybe some snacks. And we would collect in the basement. We would listen to music and we would talk about music. What you hear was only a small part of that. You heard our conversation about the album that we knew had to go the next week. But generally it went on for a couple hours. Um, Maybe we talked about what we were going to be doing next week. Maybe we talked about some new advance that we were listening to. We did that a lot. Um, But, you know, we always, you know, drank a few beers. Sometimes got more inebriated than not. Back in the olden days... That seemed to be all we did over in Andre's basement. We would uh, get drunk and talk about music, and it showed. Um, and, and so we paired that back uh, for the past two years. I don't think we've gotten there. But he, look, Huey Lewis and the News was caused to get a little out of hand. We did it after an episode. I think we were talking about the morphine. Um, so we're taping two episodes, and uh, you know we just need to blow off steam. And it seemed like the perfect time. Uh, so, for lack of a better term, uh, or I believe the professional term is, I sound pretty fucked up on this one. Uh, I'm not going to speak for Eduardo or Drew, but but you can definitely tell that I've had a little bit to uh, to drink, a little bit of imbibement, and um, and you know. But I always like to say that you know that's when you uh, you have to work extra hard to make your your truthy points, and that makes them extra truthy, extra valid. So you know. I mean, it might sound, might be a little slower coming out uh, with what we're trying to get to. It might be a little more circular, uh, but the points are, are now double as valid as they would have been had we played it straight. Um, so that's what we're doing uh, for this week, for this episode. This is, uh, like I said, this is actually the last thing in the can from the basement. Last, last week you heard Sean Barna. And uh, him and I talking in the wreckage of the basement, which is still wrecked. And uh, but this was about a week before, and uh, so this is the last session that we taped down there. I believe it's the last session that we are going to be taping down in that particular basement. So it is, uh, it is kind of hilarious and bittersweet and appropriate that this is how uh, that legacy ends for you, the listener. Um, so I don't need to intro you with this on news sports, do I, guys? You know what it is. Alright, you know what it is, you're set. If not, go back and listen to it if you haven't listened to it in 25 years, I don't know. Uh, but right now, we're going to go on down to the basement, and uh, I'm going to start getting fucked up 
to be ready for this. Uh, talking about Huey Lewis and the News classic album Sports at 35 years old. I'm sure it comes up. How does this apply yeah. to Huey Lewis and the News's sports? <laughs> there was no drugs going on. Bullshit. You're looking at the album cover. How much cocaine is involved in that? I mean, it's kind of got a little bit of a, a Miami Vice look to it. So, yeah, maybe. So all? They were not smoking weed. <laughs> they were not smoking weed. Might have been a few beers. There's no weed on table. any of their faces. Um, I'd like to point out that the song You Crack Me Up is a song that does not play well in hindsight because all of the fucking verses are about people obviously struggling with like severe addiction. And the chorus says, you crack me up. You're just so funny thinking you're... Uh, uh, and I'm, I'm looking at the liner notes here. You crack me yeah. up. You really, really do with your sunglasses on, acting so young. And the verse before that is all about how this person is pale. Someone in your shape you're, shouldn't be driving. Someone you, in your shape shouldn't be doing anything. You're looking at, at the liner notes of your vintage copy of Huey Lewis and the News Sports. And now I have about. just developed a conspiracy theory involving Nancy Reagan and Huey Lewis and the News. Fuck, this is that's that's you, where I thought you're that, jumping ahead. You're jumping that's where ahead. I thought that conversation earlier was going to. You're, you're jumping ahead. You're jumping ahead. <laughs> but we are talking about Huey Lewis and the News Sports, which is now 35 years old, if you can imagine that. That was almost older than you were, Eduardo. I've got Right. I mean, I was I was old enough to <laughs> fucking buy you, it. Except, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Except, except were you? No. I mean, I, it was. You bought it when you were five years old. Well, I didn't have the money for it. I was, I was probably six when this came. This, this is eighty three, right? Yeah. What the fuck kind of shit was going on in Brazil? I didn't. <laughs> I was given the album. This is, this is what actually one of my first physical possessions that I, that I still have. Like, I, I don't have the thriller that I had, but uh, I think it says a lot that when you first that you kept this one. <laughs> I think it says a lot about that... us, as us as people and as friends. That like one of your first physical possessions is this. One of mine is the Empire Strikes Back John Williams soundtrack. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Or the $100,000 like double extended mix of E.T. that I just ordered on vinyl. Neither here nor there. <laughs> and my Kiss Alive 2 on vinyl. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, in, in 1983, there was no bigger album than Huey Lewis of the News Sports. Uh, they had all of the hits. They... Uh, uh, We'll we'll figure out. I think if they defined a lot of the eighties, at least the early eighties, this was a band. Um, if you think about like the the seventies, the band that I love, Boston. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't celebrate the seventies catalog. I celebrate what they did in the eighties because they learned lessons and they took ten years to fucking like <laughs> keep together. But <laughs> but but <laughs> you okay? Yeah, I'm good, man. Okay. Um, but Hot Boston takes on your Huey Lewis podcast. <laughs> um, but but much like rock and roll came out of like swing and jazz, uh, 80s rock and specifically like Huey Lewis, Bruce Springsteen, uh, fucking uh, Elvis Costello, like this whole this whole like singer songwriter thing came out of 70s excess and and longing for the the weird like 60s stuff where you had Dylan, 
It's like everybody wanted to be Dylan, right? Yeah. Everybody has always wanted to be Dylan. They've always wanted to just write the goddamn song. And it's always just been uh, sort of this weird freak show trying to, like, get their way back to that. Some people do, some people don't. We just talked about Shooter Jennings recently. Sure I think did. he does. I think he, I think he gets that there. But but Huey, let's talk about Huey. Um, you guys listening may be like, this is the whitest fucking man on the planet. And you are right. But they also were hit makers, and they also played an important part in rock and roll history. Uh, back in 1972, there was a funk band named Clover uh, in the Bay Area of, of California. Uh, Huey and Sean Hopper, who was a keyboardist, Joined this band and they, and they made some albums. Like so, this is there's a career, right? These the, Huey Lewis and the News didn't just pop up like modern day pop stars. This is an evolution. This is in fact this proves to be a latter day evolution of of their band. Um, but they uh, they got tired of that and so they they jumped the pond and they go to the uh, what was going on the UK pub rock scene and and really made a big splash. You know, Huey Lewis a uh, Besides, uh, and consult Wikipedia, kids, if you want. I think he's got the uh, biggest dick in entertainment history outside oh, come of on. Uh, outside <laughs> outside of Milton Berle. No, I think I think that's a thing. I think that's a thing. Uh-uh. <laughs> it comes up in service. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that, is, that is the first I've heard of that. So uh, no, they're, you they're, don't have to search very far. Yeah, yeah, but but you know, he he is like a part of this DNA of all the things that we consider like the best rock and roll. They went over to the UK to like prove themselves uh, because mm-hmm. like the Stones had appropriated blues. There's this weird like exchange going on. He left Clover, and that band that he left ends up being the band for My Aim is True. Right. Elvis Costello. Um, and some of those guys, I think, made it back to the news. Uh, but he also, um, he is on the, according to Wikipedia, he is on the album, or on the song Baby Drives Me Crazy for Live and Dangerous from Thin Lizzy. And uh, Phil Linett um, hmm. calls him out by name. So, so this okay. is a guy that yeah. I mean, he's been around, and we haven't we haven't really talked about Thin Lizzy because Casey Ray isn't here. And when that <laughs> happens, when that happens, uh, it's just gonna be Casey talking, and you and me, Eduardo, maybe you, Drew, just sitting here going, yeah, 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 because that that is a motherfucker who loves Thin Lizzy. But, um, the Wikipedia entry for Huey Lewis, the the person, and I I forget his real name, was uh, oh, this is real. To your point, like m- like much longer and more involved than I thought it would be when I sat down <laughs> to skim it recently. No, no, no. It's but, not his real name. Like, he yeah, chose but, a rock and roll stage name. And he, did, he chose yeah. he, he played Huey Lewis. Too. Yeah, yeah, he did. He, he specifically did. Um, I'm he, just putting that out played, there without with the comment. <laughs> you know, his rock and roll name. Chose, is that fake news or is that real news? It's just sports. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so, so they've got they've got this legacy, is what we're saying. Um, and then, and then, um, put out a little album uh, called "Picture This." And then, you listen to the news that debut didn't do much. "Picture This" comes out has a few hits. "Working for a Living," mm-hmm. uh, right up there with uh, "Lover Boys." Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> Drew, Drew just sort of, sort of spit out his beer. <laughs> like, you're working, working for, for a the living weekend. because we're, you're working, working for the, for the weekend. weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um, so companion piece to that. And, um, you know, that resonated. It doesn't didn't resonate with me because I was 10. It certainly didn't resonate with you, Eduardo, because you were like two. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I, it, it, it struck a... You know, it, the 80s was trying to take the world a little more seriously in pop music and not just be all about, like, four or five groups of band getting all the groupies, smoking all the weed, and, like, all the excess was going on over here. And, and this was just sort of like, man, you remember when fucking Motown existed? You remember when there were good songs? You remember Neil Diamond? I mean, I, I, I feel like Huey Lewis in the news is like the, the hangover sober up of the yeah. boomers from the sixties mm-hmm. and mostly through the seventies. Yeah. And, and, you know, when I was experiencing this music in the mid eighties, um, it, it, you know, I didn't have a word for it at the time. I guess that word would be dad rock at that time. Like Huey Lewis in the news was the thing that like my dad and maybe my friend's parents were listening to. Um, it didn't, you know, I'm actually curious as to whether like high school and college kids were into this when it was coming out. Cause it seemed like it was like yeah. struck a nerve with the boomer crowd yeah. in the eighties. It was like their zeitgeist moment. Of, yeah. This is, yeah. this is our response to rock and roll and where it's gone and where we are now. Like we, we did all the excess. Now we're going to dial it back and like focus on like a different, cleaner kind of fun. Right. Right. I mean, I mean, I absolutely was was handed it by my parents who clearly thought it was like rock that I should be listening to. Right. It was their idea of like what they thought youthful rock should be. This is the danger we approve of you getting into. Right. Right. Which is interesting because it actually has some subversive elements, um, both, I think, musically and and lyrically. Um, But it's also like a really earnest kind of. uh, American rock record. Like it's 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 an album that like really tries to like uh embody this this kind of spirit of american rock self-consciously so and and uh, i don't know maybe a little awkwardly at times but well you know if you look, if you look at who they are the um and i think this is it's not competition but it is the uh the companion to who you listen to news what is springsteen coming up um this is working man's rock well and, and dire straits is also established dire straits too yeah, yeah 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 i'll give you that but but uh, you know, you had the river in 1980. You had Nebraska in uh, 1982, and and so this came out in uh, 1983. So there's this gap between Nebraska and Born in the USA, and Born in the USA blew out the idea of Dylanized rock, the idea of the Everyman rock, and and it is where like Bruce Springsteen owned. We are going to talk about that album some at some point because it needs to be talked about. It is a glorious fucking album. Mm-hmm. Do not cheat yourself ever. Mm-hmm. Go back and like listen to it, experience it in like as an American. Just fucking absorb that and understand what a fucking patriot. If you don't is. like Bruce Springsteen, yeah. If you don't go, like, just go yeah, listen yeah, yeah, to yeah. the album. Yeah, yeah, but but so he was, you know, they were watching this come up and they were like, "We're playing bars in the Bay Area, man. How do we fucking tap into this?" And the way they tapped into this was. By going back to the 50s. And they just started name-checking shit. And they just started playing, like, the basic-ass beat and putting in horns. 
and making it funky and uh, and spoke directly to a generic like just said hey we're the kings man and this is the heart of rock and roll Johnny is, but I believe the fuck out of his sax solo right there, man. That is uh, the heart of rock and roll. That dominated the airwaves when it came out. It is a certified, a bona fide, a, a classified classic. It is uh, written in the DNA, tattooed on the on the history of rock and roll. It was ubiquitous at the time. Yeah. There was no Spotify or YouTube nope. or anything. You had to listen to the radio. You had to or, hear it on the radio. And it was constant. Constant. And, and, first of all, like what like was there a thing in the eighties about like name checking cities and songs? No, those there's a history. Like, that, that that's old blues. Or like, you know, it, it they joke about it in rock and roll, like, you know, like Hello Cleveland. Right. right. Like that. But but you or know the call outs and dancing well, in the streets or whatever. Yeah, it calls the name checks at least half of these cities. Well, uh, well, that I think a lot of great. musicians have those because like it's sort of a musician's song in a sense, yeah. right? Because like you travel around a lot and you end up writing what you know, and sometimes all you can really write is about the grind of touring or rhyming city Hold on. names. We're not talking about Bob Seger here. Well, he had one of those too. He I, did. He yeah. had a song where it was yeah. just basically all the lyrics are just rhyming city names. Well, what was the order of the singles released on this album? Do we know that? Or I or don't. Perhaps, perhaps we should. We will look that up as we. Talk. Somebody should riff as Someone, we look that up. Uh, Drew, how do you feel about the the, well, the heavy use of saxophone? I kind of feel like this song again is kind of this generation trying to like assume some kind of like authority or ownership over the new stuff that's happening. Yeah. So you have like punk and new wave mm -hmm. 
and and Huey Lewis is not one of those guys. He's you know like he's as you older. said, he's, he's old. older. He's by kind this of point. He's, he's sort old. of of that generation. I say that, that. I say that. He is our age, right? What right now by that point? Right, right. And so he's he's not new in that sense. And this whole like you know the heart of rock and roll is still beating, and he's like yeah you know punk and new wave and all this kind of stuff, and that's rock and roll, and we're. And, you know, Billy Joel did it. Like, it's still rock and roll to me. Like, whatever all the new stuff is, I'm going to, you know, we're going to, like, attach this kind of, like, I don't know, ownership thing over it. It it seems almost kind of like generational warfare in a sense. (laughs) Well, uh, I think think there's an interesting contrast there, and I hope I can make this point well. But but I've been thinking about what it means for, you know, that the knock on Madonna is always that she just saw whatever was like kind of coming up and she would appropriate it. And that, that was therefore proof of like her lack of vision. You too or, or Madonna? Madonna. Okay. But, but equally applicable. And yeah. I think it's sort of true of every great artist. And I think the way yeah. we talk about it is also interesting, right? So it's like asserting domain versus, cause, cause I, so I, I, I struggle with the question of whether anything on sports is all that original. No, or if it's it not. was just, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it was, it was mocked, uh, and not in a mean way, but it w- it was a mocking on Eddie and the Cruisers. Yeah. Right. Well. Right. And 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 it, and it should be mocked. And frankly. it should like, be. And I say this is someone who really I mean, loved that movie. Album. I've yeah. never made that connection. Yeah. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to ponder that one. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, well, it, the, so Eddie and the Cruisers is about this like ideal past that Huey Lewis is trying to conjure up well yeah yeah i mean it's a bar band like the the idea of a bar band like is few and far between in the 80s and um you know i I think the analog when you jump forward to like the 90s you had mighty mighty boss tones which are the analog of this like it's just this bar bands don't make it outside of their city of their town of their township of their county they don't you know but they they're extremely successful um, what was the film about the uh, the the Irish bar band? Commitments. Yeah, commitments. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it is like they're they're the Hugh Willis and the News cut them. NRBQ is kind of that. Yeah, movie. they are. Yeah, it, there's this commitment to to honoring the history of music that plays for a crowd, but honestly never like reaches a wider audience except in these very rare instances because it already hit the wave already crested so what Huey Listen News was doing is they they like saw that happen and then just kept on going I want to play another track right now because this is um this is one of the weirder hits for me on this album because it is a hit and it sounds it sounds like um you know Around this time, too, you had stuff like Wang Chung going on. You had, like, right. people doing edgy shit, like, to live in... I don't know if to live and die in L.A. was around this time, but I feel like it was. But if you're going to write a song about trying to be edgy, or <laughs> or if you're, trying, if you're trying to be edgy doing bar music, right? What is What is the most relatable thing? The Rebel. The rebel, like right. it, Drew. If you're in front of an audience and stuff that you don't know, and you just want to be like, you got to get to play the rebel, man. You, sure. You know, it's a, the performative aspect aspect of rock is this walking on a thin line. 
It's this is not an edgy song, but at the same time, it ends up being like the most edgy because uh, it's on one of the biggest albums of all time. So a little bit. Of dichotomies that like they they this may be the failure of the album the album starts out synthy so it's, mm-hmm. it's been like we know what's going on we know what's going on and then it gets into edgy shit and then the the pre-chorus is don't you know me i'm the boy next door this is not the fight of a youth like, I don't. I don't know what Yui is talking about, but they, <laughs> but it, it speaks to like why they're still with us because they, in one song, just sort of hit every single market. They're like, let's just go, let's make it, ha- let's make it appealing, let's do it, guys, and they fucking did it. And it, it is. Um, I mean, look at Huey. He, he's not the boy next door. He's no. the lawyer down the hall that like plays the rebel. He's the dad. He unbuttons next door. his top button and like. You know, walks into the courtroom with his jacket over his shoulder. His real name, by the way, is Hugh Anthony Clegg the Third. Oh shit! <laughs> which right. which bears Clegg? Saying. He should have just yeah. gone with Clegg. It Clegg. would have been way cooler. Well, what's what's interesting about that is that you know I I I spent a lot of time getting into this album after we had moved back to Rio, mm-hmm. and and we had lived um, in Berkeley before then, and so there was a little bit of this sense of like oh Huey Lewis is like they're they're these local guys that you're supposed to be listening to anyway, and um, and no one in Brazil fucking had ever heard of them or had right. any sense of these songs, and and even after Back to the Future, like people would still. Like the combination of sounds in Huey Lewis and the News just happens to be very difficult for Brazilians to say anyway. But but this album was basically like something that only I knew and loved yeah. and understood <laughs> in Rio, and uh, and and that's probably why I still have the the physical copy. But um, I mean, and, Sepultura was like the number one band in Brazil for like nine years, so it makes were, sense maybe that Huey didn't make a big dent. The, down the, there um they they came on a little li- so in the early 80s you would have had a couple of other uh bands but more importantly what you had was um uh government restrictions on playing non-brazilian music so you had these very strict yeah. quotas basically like a certain mm. percentage uh, uh there was a cap on how much you could play was that triggered by huey lewis <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't want to get into global was, politics was, too much. Yeah. But, but yeah. Was that, yeah. was that it was it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Brazilian <laughs> Politics Hour. Uh, we're we're looking at the unexplored role of Huey Lewis in uh, in, in in bringing about the end of the military dictatorship uh, in '84. Yeah, um, yeah, they they directly contributed to it. Okay, they were like the Velvet Underground in the Czech Republic. Okay, uh, with, yeah. you know, the Velvet Revolution. Yeah, so, I see it. Yeah. I, I feel educated now. How do you guys feel about the solo at the end of "I Want a New Drug"? Just to like, is that is that is that good shitty music or is that bad shitty music? Well, let, let, let's let's listen to that because I got uh, some thoughts about a one new drug, but <laughs> but it's a good it's a good jump to that because in the eighties, um, preface this, Nancy Reagan. This comes out in in eighty three. Nancy Reagan and uh, is is making her rise, uh, uh, outspoken uh, hater of drugs, and um, I mean, who who isn't? Yeah, yeah. I mean. Just say no. Yeah, just say no was the thing. Um, shit like that blows my mind consistently because when when I think about how little time we've been here and little time we've been in rock and roll, it didn't used to, but now it's just like, wow, man, that was just fucking. It was that was just that short time ago. But uh, I am going off on a tangent. At any rate, uh, they made this new song and, 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 and they acknowledged like any good bar band, uh, look in a bar, if, especially if you're in a bar band, uh, if you're in a white bar band, you even got this, um, jazz bands back in the day, you know, it was all about like weed and heroin and whiskey and stuff. And, and, and look, the white kids wanted to be cool. Right. That's part of the, Huey Lewis and News aesthetic. They're like trying to be cool and they're not. But by talking about drugs, they try to paint themselves as cool, but it didn't quite work. In fact, it backfired for a little, a little while. Beside, but despite being a great fucking song, um, called I Want a New Drug. So Huey's got a lot of complaints about drugs, <laughs> I, and I, I honestly, I, I can't 
uh, disagree with any of them. Like, I mean, I don't want drugs that spill or like make me break out. Make like, I feel bad out. for Huey that what, he hasn't. What drug found... is that that makes your face break out? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Like, Prolonged I don't have that drug complaint. Like, I wouldn't it, want yeah. a, to take a drug and have my face break out. It hasn't <laughs> happened to me. It, it, it. I feel bad for Huey that he breaks out. Like, I guess with like drugs that he's taking. Or he spills them everywhere, and, and and so he wants a new one that, that won't do those things. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I guess I don't I don't find myself in a position where like I need a new one that is designed <laughs> to not do all these things that he's talking about. But I mean, I can't argue with like I wouldn't want all of the things that he's talking about. Like I agree with every one. Yeah, that's a good well, idea. Well, the, like, well the, I don't want that. The structure of the song is weird lyrically because the verses are basically uh, a sort of pharma focus group. Yeah. Right? Of like, of like, yeah. And then suddenly someone remembered like, like and then suddenly it's like a like, modern pharmaceutical yeah. commercial put to music. Right. And then they have to pivot to like a love song, right? Oh, the way the way uh, I feel when I'm with you. I which I, is, I, don't, totally... I, I don't think that's a pivot though. I, I think and it was a uh, it was an, an unfortunate uh, choice of ways to write a song because like you know we mentioned like. Nancy Reagan just say no and stuff, and um, you know, back when that initiative started, there was on the local level there was the chemical people, and this is people they got packets about Nancy Reagan or from Nancy Reagan, and they were like, "Yeah, you got to keep kids away from drugs, man. You got to keep kids away from drugs." If you look at the song, it is just saying, "Um, and look, maybe let's go like." Take it serious. Tom Waits or even like eh, Billy Joel serious, whatever. Uh, you know, it's a person who's saying, hey, man, I do all the I have experience in the pharmaceutical realm. But you, lady, are more important to me. Like that's a song, well, right? Well, that's well the they could have they could have specifically said that, right? It would it would have been very it wouldn't have been a great if song. they had said it wouldn't have been a great song if they didn't say it, if they said that. They, 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 w the drug he wants is uh, the one I want is the way it makes me feel when I'm alone with you. When I am alone with you. And, <laughs> and that is. This ends up with a couple like in separate bathtubs on the beach. Is that? No, is that no, it doesn't. It ends up like this is, this sounds to me like somebody who's like, it, it, they, they were in a fight or something and they were like, she was like, man, you're getting too fucked up. In the 70s. Not yeah. in the 80s, in right. the 70s. Right. You're getting too fucked up. And the dude's like, fuck, you're right. Because what's important is you. And like, Huey is just out here trying to preach his truth, saying, hey, man, I would rather do all this. But this is all part of like how I get to that point. Um, it was it was gripped up on by Republicans. Uh, by my... my Father specifically, and <laughs> in Lynchburg, Virginia, it was it was banned in our household. Along with uh, around this time was Madonna was doing some stuff, but but this was the main mm. song. It was like you could not do, and there was like flyers put up in my elementary school about how this was like ruining the world and stuff. But it was on it was on every night on Z one hundred on the top ten countdown. Along with this, like I think Phil Collins had some shit out. Prince was certainly up in the mix. 
And you know, it was just like, okay, uh, you're not gonna, you're not gonna squash. I mean, it's kind of crazy because like the new drug is obviously love. The right? new drug and is like, love. That's and that's, that's, and that's and I mean, how, you know, it's, it's like as, as you know, as preachy as that song is, and kind of hypocritical. Again, it's kind of like you know the hippies and the boomers having fun for fifteen years, yeah. twenty years, right. and then kind of like waking up in a hangover and being like, that was not always a great idea. And now we're going to like clamp down and throw a war on drugs down or no, you know, just say no and like wreck it for all the young kids. Yeah. But on the other end, like, yeah, love is the new drug. Like, you don't need all these drugs that can be bad. We can all admit that, you know, sometimes they can. Well, there's a there's a Roxy Music uh, continuation there, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, but it's, but it's, I, 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 yeah, I can't, I can't tell if it's, if it's an interesting choice or if it's sort of a cowardly way of like trying to like tuck, uh, a bland song, like a blandly pro drug song into like a cheesy love song and, and just having it not work. And I also feel it's important to say that the guitar solo on that is really long and, and perhaps it feels good as you're listening to it, but, but like there are no like signature riffs. Right, there's no like moments in huh. it that really. It's, it's just sort a, of like it's, riffing. A, it's phoned in, like yeah. really fill well, the, fill this eight measures. The, the with... song is about like touching you in your heart. Yeah, I Which, want a solo yeah. that like does to me what the message of the song does. I wanted to like deliver a solo of love, you know, version of the drug. Right? H- hilariously, they end up suing Ray Parker Jr. who. who... <laughs> Blatantly, D- deservedly, rip, <laughs> right? Rip that off for Ghostbusters, which uh, I'll, I'll cop to. Back in the day, I played the Ghostbusters soundtrack tape more than I played the sports tape. I it was, was all more about, fun. I was huh? all about saving. It was the more day. fun. Yeah, it had some. You're all about what? Saving the day. Yeah, the song. I have a deep and abiding love for saving the yeah, day on the Ghostbusters yeah. soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a weird. Uh, they settled out of court and then. And then Ray Parker Jr. like they mentioned it in an interview, and Ray Parker Jr. like resued them. I'm like you weren't supposed to, <laughs> you weren't supposed to talk about that, bro. So I'm gonna sue you back. We had an NDA, uh, you know. But uh, it, it it was a uh, uh, you know as much as like Hunter S. Thompson's like high watermark as he can see the '60s fade. This is a high watermark as far as like the '80s, you know, went and letting the '70s in. This was. This is when, you know, again, like if you're listening to this, pull up the album, look at the album cover, and think about these people that are here, and then think about people like Aha, Prince, Flock mm-hmm. of Seagulls. Yeah, yeah, but you brought this up earlier, like does does this album or this band kind of like, you know, represent the 80s in some way? And, and I'd say yes, but like with a caveat. Part of, of the 80s. Essentially, like the that kind of previous generations like 70s rock and roll yeah. stars how they adapted to the 80s you know yeah. they put on like the miami vest miami vice you know kind of tie and yep. shit and like that like his haircuts the same haircut that glenn Pink fry shirt, had and don henley had and i probably even like you know david bowie probably sported that haircut on the damn they got know. it from david right bowie. right so well that's probably true too but it's like there's this archetype of that kind of like 70s white rocker doing like 80s hits. You yeah. know, Don Henley did it. You know, they all, and, and that I think this was probably the best of that group. I agree. Group. I agree. 
Because they're a motherfucker of a band. I mean, they they they, they cut their teeth, uh, just being a band for decades before this. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it just so happened that somebody came along and were like, "We can produce you in a way that is." There aren't many albums after this. In fact, there's only like I think one after this. Maybe two. No, four in uh, 1986. Which, to be clear, and 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 in my history of buying the album after, uh, that was the first Huey Lewis album I bought because this mm. was all over the radio. Right. Um, and then I bought Small World, which is a mistake, but it had <laughs> no, but but it had uh, Jacob's Ladder on it, and it had this is a, that's Bruce Hornsby getting into that, and that is '88, hmm. and so for people who hadn't gotten into the way it is, which fuck, we should talk about that album, yeah, it's been great, but for people who hadn't gotten into Hornsby at that point, um, a two year break. In when he broke, and and all of a sudden his songs are on the radio, I, whatever man, you know he went on to play with the Dead. It's cool. Um, I think Huey Lewis actually played with the Dead, if I'm not mistaken. He, I, he, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. He, yeah, he, he, I, he played harmonica. He, uh, he he was playing harmonica for a while in Umphrey's McGee. Yeah, like, oh, that's right. Yeah, like that's right. Uh, like late night show appearance right. with them. Right. They had like that's some right. kind yeah. of like I guess hit song within the within the jam band. I want, I, I want to play one more song because I think, you know, in all these songs, like Walking on Thin Line was one of the hints I wanted to drug, Heart of Rock and Roll. Heart and Soul is is pretty standard, but I think um, this weirdly indicated the future of Huey Lewis and the News, and it was a future that never came. They wrote two more albums that were exactly the song, that weren't as good as the song. This song fucking is like fuck, like you know, like cocaine, Laurel Canyon, like well, it, it it just strips it down to the bone and with a bit of doo wop, with a bit of doo wop, and, yeah. and it's fucking if this is it. I mean, how classic a song is that? It's a plea to your lover. You're at the end. You know that's the end, but you got one more, one more shot. Yeah. And um, as a bar band, look, bar bands 
we haven't really talked about bar bands in this podcast. Here's what bar bands do, and people who are, are like, I'm in a cover band, I'm in a bar band, like, like whatever, you're doing the Lord's work. Mm-hmm. Because part what being a musician means is getting out and fucking playing, and that doesn't mean you're going to be famous. Mm-hmm. If you're not a jazz player, you can't get in the jazz clubs, and that requires an immense technical skill. But if you're pretty good... You can get in a fucking like bar serving like half price margaritas and play that cover band and just in Capitol Hill on Eighth Street, like does any there's like at least four or five bars you can get there and play and have a gig every every fucking weekend and be a goddamn good musician. And that's where Hugh Lewis and the news came from. That tradition. That tradition is lost because everybody thinks you have to be famous and it's just, it's it's like you're ashamed of doing that. You shouldn't be. If you can play, I mean, yeah. I don't know if it's if, lost. It I may not. It I may not be lost. like busting out every once no, in a while. No, no, because hit the look, charts, look, look but... at what's going on. See, what's the uh, White Ford Bronco, right? Mm-hmm. They're not a band that plays fucking. Uh, oh, yeah, it isn't around anymore. But um, shit, I don't, there's no. You know what? There's no non fancy bars bands everywhere where there are competent bands just throwing it down. Yeah. You and know, that, and, and that, bringing it, yeah, and that's that's the point in front of me. Is it is it is it? They were doing a thing in '83, just representing what a working musician should be doing, and just accidentally got fucking huge. It was probably a nice antidote to you know the kind of new wave stuff that was coming out, or oh, hell you yeah. know, this this was like a relatable thing to people that maybe are like not jiving with a lot of music that was coming out at the time. And it was like, yeah, okay, this I can relate to. Yeah, I mean, even the darkest people uh, love a Randy Newman song. <laughs> or an Neil Diamond song. Like mm-hmm. you can be like, oh, it's gonna be dark. It's gonna be like ministry shit. And, uh, you know, like, wow, uh, like, hello again. Well, well right. <laughs> you bring some Jimmy Buffett vibes in, and like we're all yeah. having fun. But 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 if you're but if you're a bar band, like your your songwriting has to be functional too, right? Like you have to have songs that like are gonna play a role in a given set. Oh, we're gonna get into this now, right? And so so and, what what and let's, let's define the functions is, of a bar band. Well, well, I I think this is a great example of a song that like it could be so small and um, kind of uh, half baked because they clearly they, they they just wanted sort of like a slowish kind of you know sweet sounding song to play, um, but instead they 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 really figure out how to like take this small concept and like milk it for as much kind of pathos and and tragedy <laughs> as they could. Um, and it really works. Like that's what it, like so like they start out with a need to like plug a hole in the set, and because of those constraints, what comes out of it is actually just this transcendent song that like, yeah. goes beyond. So outside of Huey Lewis, like what does it take to make a good bar band set, bar band well, song? I, I think you you know it's got to be a song where you know you're you're a bar band. You're, can, you're, we, you're getting paid to basically throw down a high energy cover I, set. I will say, I, I, I will say, I'm going to put some stipulations on this. You can't mention Bon Jovi. There's no Bon Jovi. It's <laughs> it's basically it's the band that's like there. They're being paid to play uh-huh. covers and deliver an experience. But what are they and they about? sneak their original in okay. to the set. 
But that's what I'm talking about. Flies, that original. I'm talking about that if it original. Flies, then they can start sneaking some more originals in, and if those fly, then the I'm, you know the the venues like, hey, I know that I'm paying you for covers, but you might have something going on, and then if they can build on that, so it's the band, it's the bar band that that that's great is the one that can start to sneak their covers in right? and have them be better than the covers they're doing. But I'm asking about the specific song, like if this is it, if you hear that in a bar, you're like. That bar band is fucking killing it. What's what's the minimum bar bar of entry for a bar band to get that sentiment in? What what, what do we need? Do we need like uh, I have I have it's I have, a Friday night? Yeah, no, you, I have. you've had like thirteen four locos. <laughs> Jesus, that's like twenty six regular beers. <laughs> it's an extreme Friday night, <laughs> but it, I mean it's the experience too. Like mm-hmm. like. This song is that kind. You, you can imagine that there's like tens of thousands of couples out there where this is their song. Fuck this was the song that happened at the point where they like you know coming out of you know going through hell and back made that like you know commitment to each other or whatever. There's just a lot of people walking around that I can imagine as, where this is their song. As a soon-to-be Wisconsin resident, if more people could bond over Miller Light products, that would be fucking amazing. <laughs> That shit's got weed in it, man. I'm not going anywhere near. <laughs> my, uh, my. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I need to divert the conversation. Um, my, uh, my, my experience of this song is is very uh, weirdly tied to moving back to the U.S. Hmm. and um, on like Mix 107.3 or whatever the fuck they played, like at the Jerry's in Rockville. Uh, across the street from Richard Montgomery High School. Um, and they would play this song all the time in there. And it was just one of those weird things where, like, here, like, we, like I was with the kids who, like, w- you know, were in, like, fishnets and black nail polish. And I'm, I've got, like, long hair and I'm wearing Doc Martens and I'm fucking grooving out to if this is it. <laughs> and, and that was my first sense of, like, liking something really profoundly uncool that didn't transcend, uh, yeah. Um, but I think it's a, I think it's a freaking timeless song. I think it, uh, it's a timeless album. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is an airtight, timeless album made up of hits and future. Somebody is going to discover like you crack me up as like some weird, like more look, if father John Misty covers, you crack me up. Yeah. Right. Would you right. be surprised? I would love to like hear a remixed and remastered version of this album that. You know, it it feels so dated in mm-hmm. its production that yeah. it, it's hard for me sometimes to kind of claw through that, the thin guitars and drums and, and just the sound that was going on with like the mainstream rock pop in the day is tough. Ha, ha, have you taken a gander to the 30th anniversary remastered album? I have. It's, it's, I'm just saying. It's, I, mean, I have it's expanded. Not, I, mean, I, I feel like I feel like I'm fulfilling the promise of, of what you want. You have my interest, Kevin. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's out there. It's okay. Out there. Okay. And it's uh, good. I mean, it's different. It's not different because it didn't need to be different. This is um, to um, to uh, be cheesy and and, you know, and an obvious pun. Like this album had all of the heart and soul. And I, I don't Ooh, know. Ooh, I see what you did uh, there. I, 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 mean, 
I, I think, I guess my point, like, you know, we talked a lot about bar bands yeah. and like the production to me does not sound like a, a live of band. course it does it's it was meant that to be. weird 80s yeah, production it, but, to it but but it was meant to be the bar band that like is transmitted to your brain from like the, from middle america like everywhere it's the ultimate bar band and the remixes and, and remasters sound exactly like that i mean it just yeah they clean up the drums they clean up the little shit but it's like it, you you can't uh you can't fake perfection Sir, okay. <laughs> that's a fair point. I, I I I will say what's what's interesting about this album, uh, as I was on the Wikipedia page for it today, is how few of the people involved in it have their own Wikipedia pages. <laughs> 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 which, which was, oh my god! Which was frankly, it, it was disturbing to me because I didn't because it it, yeah. it it sort of speaks to like how these were just like sort of professional journeyman guys yeah. right and they sort of had this like one shot and they got in there and they fucking got everything they so could you're like out the of drummer it. of the news and you go to wikipedia and you're like shit i don't even have a fucking page <laughs> right yeah well they were journeyman guys and also at this point they were our age at this point in the 80s right right, right. and yeah i mean it is you know to, to start to wrap this up we uh we recently went to hawaii and um you should go to Hawaii. I'd like uh, to. If when we left Kauai, uh, it flooded, and then uh, and then other, other volcanoes things. erupted, yeah. and now hurricanes hit. So maybe we killed Hawaii. But there there was a very odd interaction. Um, we were in LAX, and we were just walking out of the bathroom, and uh, there was Huey Lewis and his wife. Ooh. And you've been sitting on this the whole episode. Yeah, I have. Damn. All night. And it was it was a thing of like we didn't know for sure. I was just like, yeah, I know who that is, but I don't. Uh, like, I I don't care about like star fucking shit. Like, was, but it was just like, okay, that that's somebody I should know. And then a celebrity chef who we had to look up comes up and talks about. Uh, how his daughter played at this house. Um, and Huey and his wife were apparently in town because what they announced is like over the years of touring and not like years since the 80s, you're talking like 20 years before, um, his hearing has been destroyed. Yeah. And so you have this musical legend who he basically knows he can't, he can't, yeah, he can't anymore. perform. He, he actually. can't do this yeah. anymore. He has many years, right? And yeah. it was, yeah. um, we went to the island after seeing that and then were cut off um, somewhat. I think I got a few snarky tweets out uh, occasionally. Uh, and then, but the, the get back to find that out. And it was just like, okay, uh, this is, this is the time that is gone. Uh, this is how this goes. This is, uh, and, and, I don't know if my point is to say like these are just real people. This is just him and his wife just hanging out, um, waiting for a flight. In their case, just waiting for like confirmation. Like, fuck, dude, you can't hear anymore. Well, well, we just tried. Well, we spend so much time talking about like the music lifers, right? And there are these people who like have made great music who were sort of like 
for them, it's just a moment in their lives, right? I yeah. mean, I mean, Huey Lewis obviously continued to perform and all that, but he was also in the Shortcuts movie and um, and a few other things. And 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 so, uh, you know, I there's a sense that like music paid the bills for him, and that's and that's where he, you know, where he where he stayed. But uh, but he's a complete human, right? He has he, he has other human. things and. Yeah, and by nature, I'm not a star fucker. I don't, I don't, you you do a thing like, you do a thing like make any of these songs and you're just the same as like me or you or you. You just took a different, you, you yeah. executed on some things and stuff. So, so like seeing him was just like, yeah, yeah cool. That's cool. Well, he's yeah. a guy who obviously was successful. He, very clearly was just a person. He wasn't just like, he, he was not broadcasting, I'm fucking Huey Lewis. Right. He was just like, they, in fact, the guy came up to him and talked to him, and he was just like, come on, man. <laughs> let's just not, let's not do this right now. But uh, the point is, is that, uh, should we land this on a heavy note? I mean, this kind of sucks in this, you know, it just sucks to see this happen to some, you know, where like otherwise they're like totally capable physically of going out there performing, doing their music and like something like this knocks them out. I mean, we just talked about Neil Diamond earlier this yeah. year, yeah. who I've seen a number of times over the past decade, you know, and here's this like 70, 71 year old guy just like trucking across the stage, like putting on a two hour plus show like a dynamo. And then he's got Parkinson's, and he has to take himself off the road, and it's kind of heartbreaking in a sense. So, so, so listen to it like this: is like, first of all, uh, Hugh listens to the news, sports, and the band. Um, the, the album is a motherfucker of an album. Um, if you are the type that is like, I don't like nostalgia or something, it's not nostalgia; it's fucking rock and roll history. The band is rock and roll history. Do your research. If you have something bad to say, you're doing your research wrong. <laughs> but uh, except if it's about the production, huh? <laughs> except <laughs> if it's about the production. Except if it's about the production, but but yeah, I mean, uh, uh, to your point, as far as like artists, um, just sort of fading out. I think, uh, consider what your favorite artists are doing. Consider, like, what... Do you consider, like, a song like Heart of Rock and Roll, or or I Want a New Drug a commodity, or do you consider it a part of your life? Yeah. Before or after tonight. Because now... It's transformed. It's, it's transformed. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. Or I just didn't realize it until now. Cool. Do you have a breakthrough, bro? <laughs> we <laughs> Epiphany's over here, man. All right. All right. That's good. Um, make your life better. Listen to sports. Or not. I think you should. I think actually. you should? Yeah. I think you should. Yeah. Take, the, take the or not off the table. Okay. Go, let's go listen to sports. Make your life better. Listen to sports. Uh, thank you guys for hanging out. Uh, I can come back in a few minutes and wrap this up. And uh, much love to Huey. He, Absolutely. He, uh, Absolutely. he fucking. Um, 
sir, you did it. Bless up, Huey. It wasn't that bad. It was not that bad. It was okay. It was fine. It was funny. We had fun doing it. I hope that conveyed, uh, not just for that conversation, but all of them, how much fun we have uh, hanging out together and talking about music. That's the whole fucking point of uh, life. Not sitting in a basement talking about music, but uh, having enjoying yourself, enjoying your friends. We just happen to do it this way. You can you know, do it however, however way you want, as long as you're not hurting somebody. But... I uh, also hope that it caused you maybe to revisit, and not in a Patrick Bateman sort of way, uh, Huey Lewis and News Sports, and, and the album after and the album before. They were, it's a, it was a unique time in history um, where these bands were bringing forward R&B uh, into the pop charts again, and maybe for the last time the way we knew it, you know, the uh, just sort of the rock and the rockabilly a little bit in there, and it just... Uh, they, they, their legacy is earned, is what I'm saying. They're no longer touring um, because Huey Lewis, I believe, his hearing went bad. I think that's what it is. So he couldn't hear himself sing. Uh, but uh, maybe that'll get better. But, man, they played a fuck ton of shows. And they had a hell of a run. And uh, to the day they, they stopped playing, or at least went on hiatus, uh, they were one of the best bands out there. Uh, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, motherfuckers, they were awesome. And... Uh, and so is sports. So I hope you enjoyed that. And that is it. We are at the end of our podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a rating or a message there. It's Apple Podcast. Listen to us on Google Play, Mixcloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, if you are out and about in the D.C. area, you can run into some of our photographers, Mauricio Castro, Avery Junius. We are actually bulking up that department. So if you uh, are interested in uh, shooting a live show, uh, basically... You just have to be a decent photographer. You have to be a decent writer. And you get in the show free, and then you report on it, and then you get to share your passion with the world. Hit up Mauricio at uh, at ChunkyGlasses.com. It's Mauricio Castro. And uh, he'll get you straight on that. Also, don't forget to check out our new podcast out on the Osiris Podcast Network, Dead to Me. It is the the brainchild of one Casey Ray. Uh, Eduardo is his co-host with that. I'm just sort of in in the background, like, tweaking some stuff and, and designing some side uh, executive producing and all that in case you wonder what that entails but that is out now uh that is uh, honestly great it's something we've been talking about for a couple of years about doing we're all deadheads here apparently and uh and so that's how it's coming out and so far so so it's been it's been awesome it's been awesome i only get to hear a small part of the show before it's put together so i'm listening along with you guys and i so far i love what i hear so tune in to that. It's at uh, dead, dead to me pod, excuse me, dead to me And uh, you can go there and find all the latest episodes. And that's up in iTunes too. And uh, also in Pippa and, and over on the Osiris podcast network. So there, so that we are out of here next week. I don't know what we're doing. I have to find a basement. <laughs> so uh, we're going to find that, but I guarantee it will be back can't wait to talk to you again then uh until then uh stay dry this hurricane is blowing through if you can give to people 
um, down in the Gulf. Uh, please do that. Uh, but really, be good to your ears and be better to your people. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>